Welcome to the Move Live 52 podcast. We have a super special guest today, Lynn Christian. Lynn, welcome. Thank you. I am so honored to be with you today. It is just such a joy to have you and to join us for a topic that is challenging for Roland and I in our daily lives. And we're hearing from so many of our readers and students and listeners that this is a challenging topic for them as well. So today we're going to just really jump into asking Lynn because she's such an in- she has such incredible wealth of knowledge and experience with what we call time management. But maybe with her, we're going to take it even a step further and talk about a different kind of internal management. So Lynn, we're going to be talking about time management. I'm super happy to have you on. Oh, thank you. This is uh, one of my favorite topics to talk about, not because I'm good at it, but because I've kept my eyes and ears open as I've had my own internal struggles and self-diagnosed as ADD, entrepreneurial ADD. (laughs) So I hear you when you say a lot of your clients deal with this. You too have to deal with this. 80% of my clients are asking for support in what most people call time management, but we changed that paradigm at SoulSalt, my company, to focus management because most of you would agree that where you place your focus, you spend what I call your lifeblood, and at SoulSalt, your lifeblood is defined as your time, your talent, your energy, and we were kind of talking about that in our pre-show warm-up, weren't we? Mm. And where you spend those three things, your focus ends up being where time ticks away and measures that you have been in a certain focus area or direction for a certain duration. So in my work, if I shift it to focus management, it also sort of breaks up some of those old paradigms that we have. And our neural networks, our our neurochemistry finds it far more user-friendly to realize, oh, if I become aware of how I am placing my my focus and how I'm using my my focus and spending my lifeblood, then time will take care of itself and I don't have to have this inner sort of organic process that moves more like a lava lamp trying to deal with an exterior metric called time that runs with measurements in linear sort of fashion, on-off sort of fashion. Because the human dynamics within us don't run like a clock. They just don't. You know, that really gets my attention, uh, that you say that the human dynamics within us just don't run in this linear way, in this kind of time construct and little boxes that are of different color on my screen every single day. (laughs) But it seems like there's a beginning and end and a beginning and end and a beginning and end. And I'm expecting myself to be able to shift from, I was with a client, now client notes, now client home play, now my website, now this creative piece, now this, now that. And if, if somebody was doing that in nature, And they're like, I'm climbing a mountain, I'm gathering vegetables, I'm running after a deer, I'm mating, I'm swimming. They look like a crazy person. Yes. It it doesn't seem like that's a a real 
like that's a, a real possibility. And if you add the online world, it's like, I read an article, I watch a video. Oh, look, a cat. Oh, look, a scientific discovery. Oh, an important research paper on breast cancer in mice. Like, that was my morning yesterday, just for like an hour. <laughs> and like, anyone would feel crazy. And then you're like, okay, now I have some creative work to do. How? Like, it doesn't work that way. Or you forgot it there's doesn't. a new hummingbird in the window. Oh, there, and we have a new hummingbird <laughs> building a brand new nest. And it is... In, it, yeah, it's it's like having soccer on for a guy all day long while he's trying to do creative work. Like for me, <laughs> this is like hummingbird television. It's really distracting. I'm like, what do you keep looking at? It's like we're having a conversation, and you're not. My eyes are up here, and she's like, "There's a hummingbird out there building a nest." I'm like, oh. that that dynamic is what we are talking about. We are talking about the neuroscience of focus, and. So when we shifted away from thinking about time management, can, you can already see how much levity we have with one another and how real, I mean, your language, Galena and Roland, around what your focus, your eyes, your senses, your heart, your, your, even your enteric, your gut system could connect to. Mm -hmm. and, and so when we step away from trying to make time management this linear gestalt of something that we do with great discipline, we find that there's a sort of flow to how we can actually manage or facilitate, maybe even a better word, our focus so that the things that really matter to us and the priorities that really matter to us can take precedence. So... I'm going to hand this one off to Roland because he, that's more a question that comes from his world. I feel like usually I'm on the opposite spectrum. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, before I go on to that, this question, I, wa I wanted to say that the, it's very interesting, this, these, there are this, I don't know, paradigm shift or where like from time management to focus management, right? It's mm -hmm. almost like time management, poor time, time management. You can th almost think of poor time management as a symptom, right? Like, so if you have, it's almost like there's so many things that we do in our coaching where we lead people to behaviors or thought process that leads to a better outcome. Mm -hmm. And like where like sometimes people are overweight or they don't, you know, they're not getting enough sleep. So we like put them in the right position or get them to change their thought process. So it effectively leads them towards getting better sleep or, and it's, it's, it's a powerful way to almost like it helps you not feel guilty about things too, because it's changing the, it's changing things for you. It's changing it's, your mindset. It's changing the internal relationship to what you have <clears throat> labeled as the problem or the challenge. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so the, our conversations that we have in our head, and this is this information I'm bringing forward. Um, I've learned from being in an immersion program with Judith E. Glaser, who has written the book on conversational intelligence. And um, she's an organizational anthropologist. She's named as the world, the premier neuroinnovation leader in thought. And um, she and I have, are releasing a podcast that talks about the conversational intelligence. And why I got interested in it and have partnered with her company is we're talking about the dialogue that goes inside of our mind. And then in, within the conversations that we have inside our head, we either create cortisol and then we go to the primitive reptilian brain, 
where we are in fight or flight or freeze or appease, or we can get stuck in the neocortex, which if you pat the top of your head where you, you know, the, the, the top of a hat hits, we're in just problem solving mode, linear, logical knowledge gathering. And when we get into the prefrontal cortex, when we're where the third eye is, we can actually drop to the heart and build a bond where trust is and have oxytocin be our experience. So what I find in the dynamics of trying to be focused, we can become so regimented and linear. You know, I I worked at Franklin Covey for a while and bless this company's heart. They brought me on and I worked with them and I worked in time management, but I could never get their their wonderful planning system to work for me because it was it put me too much in my neocortex where I was had knowledge and thought, but not in my prefrontal where I could come up with new ideas, three dimensional ideas. And I'm so visual, and I attract a lot of visual clients and a lot of empaths because we we don't fit into the paradigm of linear time management. So when we have the opportunity to have conversations in our head that are different about, okay, I really want to have better health. I want to feel better. I want to feel lighter. I want to eat in a way that I can now feel like I can move instead of becoming depressed. And so when those kind of thoughts start churning and we decide I'm going to focus on something, if all of a sudden our focus management is regimented and disciplined, we get into the cortisol and we get into adrenaline and we get into conversations in our own head that keep us from creating a new future. And we have to be in that prefrontal lobe to see what our aspirations are and to be able to reach for them. Like the word aspiration has the same root as breathing. Mm -hmm. And so if we want to breathe new life, we need to be in those prefrontal lobes. We need to be dropping into our heart. We need to have conversations with our enteric or our gut brain that put us online so that we can trust ourselves and work with ourselves and innovate a new version of ourselves. And so it's it's not all about going back to some planner and a linear process and beating yourself up until you can plan your day well. It's not about that at all. For for us where we meet that with I'm going to call it resistance, is mm-hmm. so many of our students and clients will say, you guys teach such amazing information and I really want it for myself, but I really don't have time for it. And so I said, you know what, we're going to invite somebody who can talk <laughs> about this particular challenge and who's figured things out more than mm-hmm. we have. Because all I have is, you know, I, I definitely have both empathy and compassion for people whose lives are booked out through the roof um just maybe you know some of them may be surviving like your single mom with two kids and working Mm -hmm. two jobs trying to make ends meet and only you only have time for the drive-through and now i've asked you to cut kale um you know and you're Mm -hmm. and and suddenly you're like oh my god like one more thing on my to-do list is what they call it (laughs) but if it wasn't the to-do list if it was wow i really want to be focused on my health so i'm less overwhelmed the rest of the time you know Mm -hmm. that would definitely shift perception and you know it takes as much time to cut kale as it is to sit in the drive-thru 
Well, that's a completely different conversation. But I, I love how shifting focus and really making us intentional can allow time man time management to do itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like okay. So I don't have time. If you look at that, it's actually you know the old sayings, and even people are saying them now. Well, we all have the same amount of time. It's not about how much time you have or not. It's about being in a neural pattern where you physically are in uh, a continued pattern of doing something over and over, right? And I'm going to take a minute here to clear my throat. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right in the microphone, Lynn. <laughs> um, so it's, it's more, in my mind, it's more of a, a proposition of, okay, you're orbiting your own planet. Um, you're orbiting almost sometimes like this gnarled ball of, of yarn or a hairball that <laughs> you are orbiting. Uh, to borrow a title from Gordon McKenzie, who wrote a book called uh, Orbiting the Giant Hairball, A Corporate's Fool to Survival. <laughs> but I, I refer to that because we each make our own little hairball that we either are happy with or not. Mm-hmm. And if we're happy with it, it's more like um, a wonderful ball of something yummy. And if we're not happy with the patterns that we have and we want to try to change them, it is a matter of focusing and bringing our neurochemistry with it. So here's a proposition of, okay, instead of making it about time, what if we made it about an expansion of what you would be willing to try and just make it an experiment? Now, I'm using words that Judith E. Glaser has actually uh outlined as changing neurochemistry so experiment rather than trying to discipline yourself around time what if you experiment and set up an experiment of what is it like to cut kale and i am going to try that on this day at this time i will buy the kale on friday and i will cut it on saturday and i will learn what it's like Mm -hmm. what if you put it into an experiment instead of I will now put it in my little squares on my calendar and I will make myself do it. And we, all of a sudden we've turned into uh, a robot Mm -hmm. talking about gaining knowledge instead of being in our prefrontal lobe where we're experimenting and checking in with our heart and saying, do I like this experience of being present with this knife or these scissors or whatever you're cutting your kale with? You know, it's very interesting because I would imagine things would have been different for me when I was little. Mm-hmm. If my my parents or, you know, grandma or whoever was teaching me stuff would say, could we do a little experiment and maybe see how it feels for you to sit in your clean room after you've cleaned it, <laughs> you know, and look around and just notice what is ha- what happens on the inside? Do you feel like something opens in my heart as I sit in your clean room? Because I feel now that we have the space to sit on the floor and stretch together and I value this time together. That would have been a very different experience than clean your room, clean your room, clean your room, clean your room. If you don't clean your room, I'm going to, you know, whatever, um, mm-hmm. list your own uh, punishment du jour. But it's it, it just creates this completely different relationship with a task that is a daily task. 
Yeah, it does. It really does. It's and, it's yeah. And, and it's the culture. I think the culture of that. I've been working with a couple of teenagers who just moved out on their own. They're two brothers, and um, it's it's a it's horrible. It's a mess. Their their <laughs> condos falling apart. And so one of them is a game designer. And so we sat together and we drew this. Um, we gamified doing the trash. Like we created a reward system and checks and like we drew this beautiful sheet and, you know, maybe there was some gentle cussing of the trash that we wrote on there. Like we just made it emotionally charged for him. And so in his two week check in, he goes, oh, I really kind of liked this system. And I was like, yeah. And he said, yeah. And I, I chose there are like 10 other things I want to work on that are not the trash. Mm, mm. And I made this app. <laughs> and I was like, What? <laughs> The, the guy made himself an app to track it. Yes, because he now gets dopamine I know. every every time. <laughs> yeah, so we we created an app for time and focus and and uh, today and not today sort of functions in the brain, and we placed a little check mark where on the little sticky notes. So that when you do complete something, you get the dopamine. We need that hit, yeah. right? We, we, it's, it's about neurochemistry. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the things that you guys are talking about is I'm hoping that your audience will understand that there's a user-friendly way to start changing the way you've lived your life and start being able to express yourself through this function of time. And... It's a beautiful marriage of our two worlds because your work has taken everything into bite-sized chunks. And that's literally how we know the neurochemistry works for change, is in bite-sized chunks. So when I'm working with somebody who wants to improve their focus, we start with bite-sized chunks. And the first thing we do is say, clear space. If you're not used to changing gears from going through the drive through to cutting kale, it means that you might want to clear some space so that you have that opportunity in the future to explore what it feels like to cut Cal. Or, you know, if you're in an advanced module of learning with you guys, having a chance to make those beautiful potatoes, those sweet potatoes that, that are savory that Roland makes, you know, that takes a little more time. So you have to have space. So um, we do a five-day challenge every once in a while at Soul Salt, which is my company, around the Be Focus program. That's what I call our online Be Focus program or when people come through and they want to blend the online course with, you know, for do-it-yourselfers, that's all they need. But for a lot of people, they want to blend it with a little bit of coaching. And so we we call it Be Focused. And we, the very first thing I ask people to do is clear space. And so what I would ask your, your clients to do is to start with something that they do every day, which can change the whole feeling of the day. And that is before your feet hit the ground, clear space and say one or two notes of gratitude. You can write it in a journal if you'd like. What we find, uh, and there are there's research behind this, is to just clear out the space before your feet hit the ground and think of one or two things that you're grateful for. Feel that in your heart and either say it out loud, say it in your mind or write it down. I am grateful for this. Thank you. And you just cleared a whole new space and a whole new energetic for your day. And if you want to take that one step further, see if you can spend 30 seconds, one minute, 
two minutes in stillness where all you're doing is paying attention to your breath. And then what happens is you clear space at the very dawn of your day, the very break of the moment when you go from that little bit of cortisol that wakes you up into changing into maybe some serotonin or some oxytocin, maybe even a tiny bit of dopamine that says, I have spread my wings into this day and I have started it in a sovereign manner. And I am feeling a connection to myself. And what we find is when people just clear space for that small thing and they do that consistently, five days later, seven days later, they they turn around and go, now why is my life working better? Why mm-hmm. is there greater flow? Mm-hmm. Why am I able to have more of a sense of confidence and conviction in what I want from my life. Mm -hmm. And it's because you started the day differently. You know, it's interesting. One of my clients um, who, she she rides cortisol waves like a pro surfer. She says, Mm -hmm. I feel like every day I wake up behind. Mm -hmm. And what a horrible feeling to wake up with. Because yeah. if that's your first experience, now you are surfing even bigger waves than the day before, and cortisol has a nice day and a half half life. So mm-hmm. good luck clearing that crap out of your system. Yeah, is, or longer. Which I mean, is they, yeah, yeah. It you just keep riding the same the, the same big waves, going like, wow, this ocean is really uh, tumultuous today, <laughs> as if you have no control over your life. Which us in the civ- quote unquote do we call this the civilized world in English I don't know like the that's really not a good thing to say Who? Um, the, 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 the North America is not a place where there's things falling out of the sky threatening your life on a daily basis there's no reason to be running that chemistry I mean, biologically, mm-hmm. it's exhausting. And then you're like, oh, my adrenals are tapped. I need to go get more acupuncture and more more of that supplement with the, the no golden. No one has time for acupuncture. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, because they have you lay there for like half an hour. But it, it's like we're managing the the destruction of the chemistry we so culturally run by having created a whole complex of dealing with adrenal fatigue it's like an industrial mm-hmm. adrenal fatigue complex mm-hmm. you know that yes. is dealing with that now and and we never for a moment think wow well, what if we did what lynn says and just wake up in the morning and think of the five or two or one thing we're grateful for i think of five people that mm-hmm. i get to send open my heart to and get to send well wishes for their day and then i do my quiet practice but you know, that's a very different sense that I'm waking up behind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a question of, you know, we, we invest financially. We invest in things that give us a return. Are we investing in actions that give us a return? Yeah. And so, hmm. so, so, Lynn, I feel, I, Roland, feel like I have cleared space right i mm-hmm. am ready and mm-hmm. but what happens to me is i plan out my day i wake up i'm ready to go i plan out my day and then at the end of the day i look back at my list and i get like one like one or two things done and i'm like i don't know i worked so hard all day i feel like i got nothing accomplished mm-hmm. what what's going on well so there could be a lot of things happening let's first just ask how do you plan your day what what is your action when you plan your day? I have a like a I have a list. 
Okay. Like I either make it on in an app that, mm-hmm. I, that I have not made myself, but because um, <laughs> um, I don't know how to do that. Um, or sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm going to go old school and I get out this stuff called paper and write it there. And it doesn't really make a difference to me which one it is. It, it, I, I, at the end of the day, I still only have nothing, have none of it yeah. done. Yeah. Or you've okay. done stuff, but it feels like you haven't accomplished. Yeah, I mean, you I can look back and I can say, look, I did all these things, but like I'm tired and exhausted. My day is done, and like it wasn't enough stuff done. I was busy, but I didn't feel accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the first things is, uh, and I'm really not anti-list. I just feel like there's so much science against lists. First of all, they don't function like our, our brains do. Um, when we do a brain dump or a brainstorm thought maps or other sorts of things, like I really encourage people to get visual. And so everything we do in the be focused course and everything I do when I work with people is making the invisible visible by making sure that we utilize that 65% of your brain that is visual. So we'll use sticky notes and put the things out on sticky notes, one thing per sticky note that might previously had gone on a list. Because lists sort of dupe us. Uh, they give us a false positive that we may not even know. When you finish a list, you get a little bit of dopamine, but you haven't accomplished anything except brain dump. And, and it is a very smart thing to make things not stay in our head because when they stay in our head, they cause tension. And then there's a part of our brain that has to think about it. And then we're not free to be creative or innovate or make decisions about that thing in our head. So if we're storing it, it's a different function than when we're deciding if we'll execute or or run with this idea. So the first thing I say is eliminate the list. If you can put things on a sticky note or put them in a thought map or a mind map, uh, MindJet used to have a really great uh, version of my mat- mapping. And basically, you just get all the things out of your head. It's a session of divergent thinking. What are the many varied, unusual things pounding around in my head? And then you look at them with some sort of um, formula of convergent thinking. Okay, uh, you know, some people like the time matrix that Franklin Covey has, which are urgent and uh, important things, not urgent and important things, and what I like to do is just say, get them out of your head, put them on sticky notes, and then do daily planning, all right? And a daily planning process in my mind, um, and we have the Today and Not Today app to help with this because, by the way, there are three things that you want to do consistently when you get a little more advanced in focus management is plan your day because that happens more often, plan your weeks or your months, and then you want to learn how to handle projects, which have a beginning and a middle and end, but require big chunks of time. So, and they also require even bigger, uh, what would be the packaging for this? Bigger allocations of focus projects do. So instead of a list, if you just get things out randomly, how they happen in the neural networks of our mind, Then you can look at them and say, okay, today, what is critical that is time sensitive that if I don't get to it, and here's the new thing, if I don't get to it, I'm letting myself down or I'm letting somebody else down or there's a fine I have to pay or a consequence I have to pay that I don't want to pay. So the thing that we don't do sometimes in today critical 
when we're looking at the things that came out of our brain, when we brainstorm or brain dump, is what will help me respect myself more? What will connect me to my, my purpose? And then when we have those down, there's also a today important, but maybe not critical. So if you can get to those, that's the icing on the cake. But your new winner circle is what falls in today critical. And the big and growing category is today, or excuse me, not today, clearly not today, but you capture it so that your brain doesn't have to keep a file open on it. And you can dump it here. And I use sticky notes or the electronic thought maps or whatever kind of thought map you want to use. So you can go back to it so that there's a part of your it's a part of your awareness that knows that you don't have to think about it anymore because you've captured it. And then once you have your today critical down, you want to actually look at the, the schedule that you have for your day and see when you're going to put things into your day. And we have some Canadian researchers to thank for this. They tell us that we overestimate by 40% how much we can accomplish in a time frame. So you want to give yourself even more time than you expect because once you get into something and it expands, your focus wants to stay with that and it may take longer to focus on than your sense of self in this, uh, this continuum called time, this construct called time. So is, is that supportive, Roland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely does. It's super helpful. So we, we've spoken about some of this off off record here. <laughs> and so we just received from our lovely overlord, Amazon, yesterday, a nice stack of 10 different sticky notes. Hmm. So we can now start to do that on Monday because everything good starts on Monday. Yeah, so there there you go. And and the stickies, you know, play a, a nice part of being adhesive and sticking around while you need them. And if you buy the cheaper stickies, they don't stick around. So then your brain <laughs> wants you to worry. Maybe you have to go get tape now and, and I, lip. I, I got <laughs> expensive hipster-looking stickies. <laughs> and uh, they are also, they have lines so that when I write on them, it's not like all over the place. So. My, so you can have some order. Yeah, my OCD brain is very satisfied. So we can make lists on the stickies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's the, the sort of the idea is consider playing with just one idea per sticky, but having enough detail, because who hasn't listening to us, who hasn't written, wrote, written down, that's a new word, <laughs> who hasn't written down an idea and used it as a title without enough of the... Um, bullets or the content and detail that that flesh out that idea, and when we go back to the sticky note or the note on our page, or that note in our in our phone, we go <laughs> now. What did I? What was I talking about? I know it was important. For me, the worst thing is I'll I'll be listening to an audiobook or a podcast or a webinar or some some of the education content that I listen to while walking because I walk everywhere. And then I'm like, well, that's important. So I actually open notes on my phone and I'll dictate into it what's important. And then I don't know if I said it or someone else. Mm, I was like, yes. Oh, I was like, oh, that's important to write about. Now, did I say this or did someone else say it? And I'm going, to, am I going to pl- pl- 
plagiarize someone else? Am I, am I plagiarizing myself? Like, it's just the craziest thing. So we have these methods that don't work well at all. That's a great example, Galena, because, um, you know, just for people listening too, uh, one of the things I respect about you and Roland is giving credit where in, in someone's intellectual property. Mm-hmm. And, and so what that tells me is, that you actually have a core value, and we're, we're finding more and more that our value system actually uh, comes from the intimations of our heart and some from our enteric or our gut brain, and that you have this um, plumb line that runs through you, metaphorically, that's saying, to stay in my integrity, I must focus a little bit longer to make sure that I put the notes now of who said this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when you do that, what do you experience inside your soul? Oh my God, it's like such deep, deep satisfaction. Yes, it's it's like I am, I'm in the right place in the world, and I'm, I get to have some of my own understanding of the world I'm learning about, but I'm standing on the the experience and wisdom of so many others that I want to honor in this process. And if you see how we wrote our book. Each chapter, mm-hmm. the multimedia part of our book that's online, which is the, the video resources and reading resources connected to each chapter, each chapter is this dive-in where if you were to go online, which I don't think many people do, because um, you can't click inside the paper. We haven't figured out that yes. technology <laughs> yet. Maybe someday. Is that a, someday. But if you go, you see that we'll actually guide to the people we learned from about yes. this very subject. and. And we value this deeply. And I think that also allows people to focus on any of those 52 chapters. Like if they really want to learn about breathing, here are the four schools that are actually doing an immense service in the world by teaching that correctly, as far as we know scientifically right now. So, yeah. It's interesting how you're talking about how sometimes we don't put enough information on like the post-it. Right. So mm-hmm. we don't really know what it's talking about. And Galena has mm-hmm. her note in her phone thing. And I've done that, too. So so sometimes what works for me, and I don't understand why, although I suspect, like when I'm walking, I know that I'm not going to remember to do this thing. Right. Right. Or right. I know, I know I'm, I thought of something important. So I'll pick up a rock or a leaf. Right. <laughs> right. And I, it has to be a very small rock. Right. And I look at this thing in my hand and I concentrate on it. I'm like, okay, this rock is going to remind me to do this thing when I get home. And then I put the rock in my pocket or the leaf or whatever, right? And then later on, when I clear out my pockets, I find the thing. I go, oh, yeah, that's to remind me to do this thing. And I know exactly what it is. Now I'm in front of my computer or whatever, and I can write out the entire thing to remember to do or the detail. Holy hell, am but, I jealous. But it never, you know, it's worked every time I've tried it, both times. Um, so like, I've done it like more than that. Like usually it started because like I'd be walking. I'm like, Oh, you know, I didn't bring my phone or I didn't bring a piece of paper. Like I, how am I going to remember to do this thing? That's so important when I get home. So I'm like, okay, I know that I'm going to go like, why do I have a rock in my pocket? Oh, it's because of this. So it has nothing to do with it. But I think if you can take the same amount of, um, like the same time to consider, what it is you're doing when you like take put these tasks down why is it important to you how is it important to you like what are the ramifications and like put some sort of like maybe maybe you're a more visual person or a physical person so like you're looking i'm looking at this leaf or i'm considering this rock and now i have it in my pocket and maybe there's a way to sort of spark that back in your brain later yes well what you're doing is putting some contextual clues around it 
connecting with the why, connecting with the emotion, connecting with the thought, letting that rock embody it, and then you have a bookmark. And your brain doesn't have to think about it, so your brain can go on hold. And what you've done, Roland, is a brilliant example of what I believe we all need to do in terms of managing how we focus so that it plays out in leading us to accomplish the most important things in our lives. And that is that you've customized it to fit you because that wouldn't work for Galena. It wouldn't work for me. No, the whole time I was thinking, well, where you did haven't you find tried a, it. I was like, where did you find a smooth enough rock to write on? Like, that's, that's where my brain is going. Well, and I've, I've tried that before, too. I'll, I'll, I'll put a memory into something, and I can do it at night. If I forget something, I'm like, I don't want to open up my phone. I don't want to have contact with electronic devices right, right now. And I'll take an object from my dresser and put it by the door of my bedroom and say, okay, this represents this. So I can do it on that short term. But I would have so many rocks. So I know it wouldn't work necessarily for me, Roland. I'd have five rocks, and I'd go, which one was which? But it, what you're doing is you're customizing. And that's another thing that I have learned is that we don't want to have, in most cases, maybe 20% of the population can take somebody else's planning system and duplicate it. But what most of us need to do is create our own system. And that's, again, the premise of, of my course was, look, come on in. Let me give you some strategies. These are things that you'll need to understand in order to divide, to devise your own focus management system. Because one size does not fit all. Mm -hmm. And for some people, and Galena, I suspect you might be like this, you might need to have three or four systems because you'll get tired of one and need to go to another one. And you don't want to have to reinvent a wheel. Mm -hmm. So you have more than one that you can use and you just recycle them and regenerate yourself through an 18-month, two-year period so that you don't get tired of them. Absolutely. And for me, it was crucial and thank God for meditation to allow me to have the active observer to watch my behaviors. But I found that your Canadian researchers can use me as an outlier. And they would probably exclude me from their study because it skew their results. What the time I imagine necessary for something is actually four times more than what I imagine. And that goes between work tasks and the 17 things I think Roland and I can do as a couple on Saturday. Where we yes. Can, where we can actually only do three and a half of those 17 things. And thank God he was a, when we got married, he was a parent. He had already had his two kids and Ali and Tony were nine and 11 when we got together. So he had had like a decade of parenting experience. So he knew that it was crazy talk. But it was kind enough to give me another 10 years to figure it out on my own. <laughs> well, and so what, it, what I would interpret that as, Galena, especially as people who are listening can relate to you, is it's a strength that until we do know how to focus it can, can drive us to feel like we don't accomplish enough already. Because you have um, your third eye – and your imagination will generate far more ideas than even you and, a, and an army of a hundred could accomplish in a lifetime. And that's just a strength of yours. You can see the things that have not been seen before. You can invent things that have not been invented before. And that means you live a lot of your time in that prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. 
And so when you're capturing all those ideas and then Elizabeth Gilbert, Gilbert enters in with her big magic book and tells us, well, ideas have a life. So if you're one of those people who has a lot of ideas that generate within yourself, other ideas are going to try to find you because maybe you're the person who can make them become real. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have ideas come to you that don't even belong to you. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, then it's nice to have somebody like Roland and and my dear sweetie Susan keeps me grounded in the same way of how much can we actually accomplish? Mm-hmm. What's realistic for us? You know, what's our realistic? And sometimes it's not even what's realistic. It's what's necessary that we have to ask ourselves. We well, have to downshift to, and, to necessary. And then it feels really good when you plant that one thing and you see it grow to its full potential versus a ton of shallow digs that feels like oh like the 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 little the the fast food of creativity like it's it's like oh i'm gonna do a whole bunch of i'm gonna make 50 new things this year and they're all gonna suck you know at the (laughs) end because you're it's an it's a behavioral addiction and i love gabor mate's work in in that as he talks about just the hit that we get as we do it every time and you Mm -hmm. get yourself addicted not to your own greatness it's not like an ego ego right it's more like a chemical it's like it's your inter- yeah it's your internal little drug factory gets excited every time every time i have to make a new image on canva mm-hmm. that is like the highlight of my day because i'm going to make it in five or ten minutes and it's going to be done and it's like a little hit but if yes. i have to sit down and write a new book it's like Ugh, stab myself right now because that's <laughs> going to take two years and then two more years of marketing and people are going to write mean one-star reviews. And <laughs> it's a completely different experience. And when you find how you you can understand and have compassion for how the chemistry runs, it's a completely different relationship with the process. Yes, it is. It really is. So, you, Lynn, you talked earlier about that you made a joke about how we all have the same amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. All, each of us has the same amount of time available, right? And um, but one of the ways that people try to squeeze more time into the day is multitasking, right? Yep. And <laughs> it we've is. all tried it. Many of us think we're great at it. And the you know the only thing that I found to be good at multitasking is listening to an audiobook and walking. <laughs> but <laughs> but sometimes I trip because I'm or you know, or I sometimes I I have to go back two chapters because I realize I was just so interested in whatever I saw walking that I missed two chapters. So these are and these are things that don't really matter, right? So but how do you feel about multitasking? Is there a way for multitasking to work or is should we just give up? Well, <clears throat> I think we instead of maybe the conversation needs to be around choosing when we do it. Being a little more sovereign and wise and finding our own methodology with it. Because you and I have talked before, Roland, about this, where maybe you can be chopping the, the vegetables while you're listening to a podcast, and maybe that's really wonderful. Um, I like to practice every once in a while driving places without a podcast, without music, just being silent. Because we do need to, to turn things off. But the, the truth is, scientifically, the truth is, we can really only focus well on one thing at a time. And what it's like is we're traveling down a tunnel focused on this end mind of having the vegetables chopped and not uh, including any of our flesh into the vegetable stew. (laughs) 
And when we are listening to something, we sort of pull our, our, our focus away from that and go to the podcast. So we're going back and forth, and we can kind of hold a couple of things in the front of mind like that and go in tandem between them and and shift what we call context. But the truth is we become um, less able to remember some of the things on the podcast, and maybe that's okay. You know, that's, we, ha- we get to decide that. Is that okay if I don't pick up every single word? If I'm going to be tested on this podcast right after I listen to it, maybe I want to reconsider, maybe I want to be taking notes, or maybe I'm an auditory person, so I want to just have that going on. Um, but the idea, when we get into multitasking and really individuals who, through some terrible fails, like the the FBI did some terrible fails with some security sort of software they were trying to devise after 9-11, and these engineers and uh, coders who were paying attention came up with this idea that um, the quality of our software management when we we're building it is influenced by shifting around and, and changing context. And so they have this, it's um, Gerald Weinberg who came up with this loss of context switching column where he says, if you're doing one project at a time, you have one big project like writing a book or losing weight and, and the percent of time available for that project in your free time is 100%, you have no loss of context switching. But if you have two projects going on and you move from writing the book to gardening, then there's a 40% availability for gardening and 40% for your book and 20% lost in the switching. So so you, you can imagine if you're finishing uh, writing a paragraph in a blog and your phone rings and you decide to let it ring and finish the blog, you probably saved yourself some time. But more importantly, you saved your mind of staying in the flow and finishing the blog. If you answer the phone, you know that you have to come back, reread that paragraph, if not the entire blog, get yourself back in the mindset and start writing again. You've lost about 24% of your productivity. So we can, we can multitask. There are things that we can multitask. Sometimes we look more like we're juggling. And, you know, sometimes that keeps us agile. The question I would ask is, what is your purpose? And if it's something where you really need to be mindful, then be in the flow of that one thing. And let, notice how your neurochemistry neural calms down because you're joining in that harmonious flow of what you're writing or working on or cooking. And then when it's time to do the podcast, you can be all there. And it's a different sort of presence. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's there's just sad but true even if it's not texting while you're driving and you look down to adjust the, your, your sound in your car and then you look up, there's still this little bit of time that you can't see that pedestrian or you can't see that car in front of you quick enough to realize what's going on to stop and push on the brakes. You just, we just physically and mentally cannot shift that fast because we were focused on which channel or which, which track on our uh, iPhone are we trying to get hooked up to our, our sound system. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I used to be um, a, a delusional multitasker. Like I thought I was getting a lot done. 
-hmm. And then I would find that I would have to go and double check my work and find yes. mistakes and do yes. it over again, um, which a part of my, my work is writing home plays for people which have a lot of videos included. And so I would include the wrong video link because I have like 17 versions of that exercise. And I would include version 16 instead of version 17. <laughs> and so that's just me not being focused, which for my client who has knee pain, it's pretty darn important where their foot is during the exercise, you know? Right. And right. they're making circles to the left instead of walking yeah, straight. Right. And so my, because the stakes are so high and the immediate feedback is so fast from instructing something not the correct way in a, in a corrective exercise program, like mm -hmm. I, I corrected myself very quickly about that one. Um, but so often we don't, we don't have the immediate feedback that what we're doing is in some way detrimental. And so it can be 15 years before you figure it out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. So for me, that's been, it's been good. I've been forced by the nature of my work into not multitasking, but now we have our online coaching and our writing and it's the same thing all over again. Um, but it's been good being a team with Roland because that allows me to have the checks and balances from somebody outside my, me. Yeah. Says, you know, we really can't shoot all 19 videos today. Maybe three is more realistic. By the way, we have to hike for one of these videos like an hour and a half away <laughs> because I've imagined the perfect spot in the woods, you know. It's just, yes, of course. Yeah, of course. it's, it's your, like, your prefrontal lobes took you to that perfect space. You could see yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah. know. There's, there's a monastery in the woods here, and I want this video to be shot in the, in the grounds of the monastery. And we can do 19 of those today and in different places <laughs> in your mind you can yes. oh my god it's totally possible and um <laughs> and it's just re reality bites so one last question for you as we land and we could talk for hours but i i really would would love that but i'm sure that our listeners are going to have to start multitasking soon <laughs> if we continue talking you spoke about soul salt be focused program would you speak a little bit about what that is? And for the listeners, um, Lynn has offered a very, a very generous discount if you're interested in her course. So we're going to be adding that in the links below in the show notes. Yeah. So um, you can get $50 off for the year. Uh, when you sign up for Be Focused, you get to have the materials for a year. And so it's $50 off. And um, I want your listeners to know that we do have an affiliate program. And instead of Galena and Roland wanting that and then uh, splitting this discount with you, uh, they gave it all to you. So you get the full $50. And, um, yeah, so there's there's that. There's also, if people would like to know more, I do a Facebook Live each week, and uh, quite often it's on how to be better at focus. So getting into our newsletter or finding Soul Salt on Facebook or myself, I'm Lynn Christian, L-Y-N uh, Christian. I'm on Instagram as Lynn Christian, and there's a Soul Salt Lynn Christian. Uh, we don't do a lot on Twitter, Um but I, if you're interested, just connect, and you will know the things we're doing when we're doing another five-day challenge and uh, what's happening. The whole idea here is that there are so many trade-offs in life, and we don't realize that we actually are trading off sometimes the things that we are in a habit of doing 
against the things that matter the most to us. And until we have someone sort of take our hand and guide us how to rewire our cognitive processes and our emotional processes in order to get the thing that really matters the most to us and that it is okay to make trade-offs. We, we really can't have everything. Um, it's nice to have that guide or that facilitator helping us. We know there are neurons that won't fire unless we have that facilitation. So that's sort of what we hold for, for your wonderful constituents and, and the people who follow you. That is so lovely. I encourage you guys to do the program. I'm going to be finding space in my life this summer to do it myself because I, I, I like to, to do things that, like, in a way, this is a challenge for me, and I like to continue challenging myself to to find growth in it. And, and then that makes growth possible for you as our readers and our students. So I'm going to hold myself to a high accountability here to do it myself this summer so i'm excited yes. about that lynn well we'll talk and then also um if you want to talk again after you've had some experience and we can talk about highlights and and yeah. tips and tricks and yeah. i would be happy to maybe do another podcast with some case studies yes where we maybe can collect from some of our clients and readers some very specific time challenge or time management or focus challenges that they have and mm -hmm. maybe we can uh who does that? Like when you open a magazine and there's the bartender t giving you love advice and then there's Dr. <laughs> Phil telling you what to do at home. Like you can be, you can be that person that kind of shoots out some of the possible um, well, let's, ways out. Yeah, let's do this. Let's look for some people who, if you want to, would be interested uh, from your, from, from your network. And then maybe you and I can talk offline, the two of you and myself, and we can devise a little test so we can have some case studies of mm. when people are interested in making the shifts that the two of you are championing for them. You're the champions of their shifting. Uh, what kinds of support do they need? And maybe we can do something fun with that. Mm -hmm. Ask Lynn. That's what that it's called. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Thank you so much, Lynn, for the generosity of your time and opening our your heart to our listeners and readers and students and um, for being our coach. Hey, I love working with you guys. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure today. Thanks for joining us, Lynn. It's been great. Take good care. You too. Bye. Hey, remember to check out the show notes at eatmovelive52.com slash time management. There's a coupon code for Lynn Christian's Be Focused program. $50 off. Check it out in the show notes and remember to use coupon code EML50 at checkout. If you like today's show and want more episodes like it, you can help us by rating and reviewing the show wherever you subscribe. That means iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, or in the podcast app on your phone. Do you know somebody who can benefit from today's episode? Share it right now from the show notes, which you can always find at eatmovelive52.com slash notes. And that funk that's playing behind me, it's called Proto-Funk by Kevin McLeod. Thanks and talk to you soon.